everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and this episode here, this is what you call a breather episode. So we released five episodes last week, one for every day of the week as our launch into our third, maybe fourth season. I've lost track. Who really? I mean, do you really need that information? I don't feel like any of us do. But anyways, five episodes, and they were some pretty heavy topics. I was so sad because we lost a few of the collectives to the cloud, as I've talked about before. I don't know what that means, but it just means they're floating out there somewhere. But they were some some heavy, long episodes that I hope made you better. And so this episode is one of just a deep breath, right? You're like, okay, I've taken in a lot. I've got a lot to think about. I just want to listen to something that's like, man, I was going to say that same thing, or I felt that same thing. So that's what Brooke and I did. We sat down, we were having lunch together. Actually, she was having some coffee and I was just having a snack while the kids ran around, which is the life many of you lead or maybe one day will lead. And we just talked about life. We talked about what we're learning this summer or what we have learned this summer, what we want to leave in the summer, what we want to take with us, and then kind of how some of the most recent news events have really impacted our lives, have made us want to live differently. So I hope you can just sit down with us, maybe grab a snack, maybe take a walk, hold some laundry, and just catch up for a minute. Thanks so much for being here. All right, put your coffee down. We are, uh, we're trying something new today. She just picked her coffee right back up. I'm cheersing. I'm cheersing. Okay. As long as you're just cheersing. How about like, here's this concept I have, is coffee slash lunch with Brooke. How do we, and the kids. Because that's the real life we live is the chaos of kids <laughs> running around. There's some upstairs right now. And I think one of them just fell off the balcony, but we're just going to keep moving like nothing happened. Because here's the deal. I always try to find like, the most quiet places to record and I never can. It and, never happens. And so we're just going to talk about the realities of life, everyday life. Just for example, we don't have enough juice maybe in this recorder today. The batteries might go dead. And Brooke offered to take them out of her smoke detector. <laughs> she was going to put her family at risk. Just momentarily. On behalf of this podcast. I knew they were fresh. I, you, you did. Because we were talking about how we don't throw away old batteries all the time. Who who has peace throwing away a battery? Like, what if there's juice still in there? Those things are expensive. Do That's you imagine, though, the landfill it's going to go into? No, I, I do. I do not care about that. I don't recycle well either. Well, and that's why you are so good about cleaning your house out. Because every time I go to clean out my house, I think, this is plastic that's going to end up destroying the earth. You know what we need? What? A burn pit. In can the, you burn plastic? In the deep south. Well, sure you can. Isn't that toxic? Maybe. I don't know. In the deep south, i.e. Greenville, Tennessee... There's a compound called Waddell Mountain, and we would just pile up trash and burn it. Well, can we go up there once every two months? And just take your trash? Yeah. You want to be that truck going down that interstate with stuff, with stuff flying, flying out, out the, the back. back to get there? You could be that person. Whatever it takes. I'll put Hagen in the back to hold it down. <laughs> I'll just tell him to hold everything down. <laughs> there was somebody that had a canoe out of their Prius on the way back from Greenville the other day, and I thought... These That's people, a bold move. These people. I, just, I don't want to drive behind this car. This this kayak or this canoe is about to roll out into well, I-40. You know what Ryan says about me? He says I'm reckless. You're a little bit sometimes. I am a little. I don't always think fully of the consequences. So I saw this recipe the other day. It was for a blackened chicken, which I love things that are cooked that way. And it looked really easy. It was on my Alexa show thing, which is great. If you don't have one of those... It is great for cooking. It is wonderful. I'll look up recipes and it'll all just stay right there in front of me on the counter as I'm going through them. And it'll just give me recipes that I've liked in the past. It's, it's great. Anyways, 
it gives me the black and chicken recipe and it says you have to first heat up a skillet at the highest heat like not a skillet a um cast iron oh yeah skillet you yeah. know what i'm saying but you have to get it at its highest heat first and then you spray with um, olive oil the pieces of chicken you do all the seasoning on them and then you spray them and then you place them in the cast iron skillet and so i had it turned on the highest heat it's me and the kids at home i'm on the phone while i'm cooking and so they're like, they literally said, turn it to the highest heat and let it get there. And then you sear it on each side for a minute and then you bake it in the oven. Right. Very easy to do. And so I am heating it all the way up. And I guess there were le- leftover oils in it from the last time we well, used some oils it. just don't go that high. Yes. And so I have it turned up all the way. And I kid you not our house the kids were coughing. I had to send them outside. <laughs> and that is when I learned our smoke detectors do not work. <laughs> our house was I almost told them to get low to the ground and you go to the You didn't even put door. the chicken in and it was already smoking like that? Well, I put the chicken in. It was already smoking a little bit. And I was like, eh, that's just what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And then I put the chicken in and the spices in the smoke, we were all coughing. I had to send the kids outside and open every door and every window. You got window the black lung. On like a 96 <laughs> degree day because I am reckless. And, but once I commit to a process, I don't stop. I don't so I'm that's like, reckless. I was like, I'm already committed to this process. I'm not stopping. Everyone has faux pas in the kitchen. That's the only way to become a better cook, man. You I better live, burn a few things. I live my life as a faux pas, apparently. But the chicken was great. I finished the process, but Ryan came home and he was just... He there was, are just times he just shakes his head. And this was one of those times of. Ryan, come on. I just, just want to say, I dare you. I dare you to say something to me about this, right? <laughs> because I was so flustered. I dare you to speak over he me. He probably knew. He, he probably knew. knew. I think he could tell from the sweat rolling down my face from having every door in the house open on like with 96, 96 degrees, degrees outside. So it was great. It was not my greatest, but the recipe is good. Thanks. My spices were a little much, Thanks. you know, when they get up in your nasal passages. They, they were a little fragrant. Yeah, it was just a little much. It burned it burned the back of your throat. But now that summer's over, we have no routines in the summer. Mm-hmm. We don't, like the kids are going to bed at like 10 o'clock. We have no routines. It's liberating yeah. and also exhausting. Yes. So we're, we're trying to get back in our routines. And I told Ryan, I said, I'm going to start on Sunday picking the meals we're going to make. I'm just going to pick the recipes out and know this is what we're going to make, right? I've committed to this I don't know how many times. <laughs> and I never fully follow through. But I really do want to have that routine back because summer made me feel chaotic. And so we're trying to gain a little bit of that routine back. So I would like to leave. I'd like to leave some of that chaos in the summertime. I, I love the freedom of summer. I love not setting an alarm in the morning. But I will say we are, we are back at that early morning routine and like to the next level. Our oldest is in fifth grade. She's on the safety team. Safety team has to be the the squad that opens up the school. School opens up at like seven o'clock. So we're rolling in at seven o'clock in the morning, which is, I mean, they weren't waking up before 730 in the summer, maybe even eight. Mm -hmm. So that has wrecked our worlds a little bit. I will say though, the fatigue in my kids will change as they adapt. But right now that they're so tired, their personalities are different. Mm -hmm. Like, they're hateful, and I'm trying really, really hard not to be hateful back. But my gosh, I think those first few weeks of school are harder on the parents. Mm-hmm. That's a hard adjustment. Mm-hmm. Well, Henley, she's also just not a morning person. But every morning, even this morning, I've started this routine. We did an alarm clock. We tried an alarm clock last year. It just ticked her off, as it does the same all of way, us. Henley. It just made her angry every time it went off. I was like, we can't start our days like this. 
And so now I have to go in and do the very gentle, you know, good morning. <laughs> how are you? That for us? I know. Just the most Somebody gentle. Somebody come up with that. And then we have to do this whole routine where we talk to her fish a little bit. Can I tell you this fish is kind of like a dog. Why? I am not kidding you when I say when you go down and look in it, it comes to the front of the tank every time. It has a personality? Yes. Don't is that kill weird? This one. Don't kill it. I'm trying. Listen, every time I change the water in that tank. You hold your breath. I, I think I have some PTSD from the last two that died after I changed the water in the tank. We had a we had a fish named Pretty Boy. I don't know why his name was Pretty Boy. Don't ask me. Don't look at me that way. I was very young and I would take him out and lay him on the table and I'd pet him. And then I'd put him back in and he didn't last long. But I remember Pretty Boy. Rest in peace. <laughs> I, I thought that's what you did, Callie. As long as he got to go back in the water, why couldn't I hold? It's like I would go in the water. I just hold my breath. Why can't he hold his breath when he comes out? Makes sense to me when I'm five years old. <laughs> Where was your parents? They didn't care. Listen, we live on a mountain. I remember playing hide and seek next to rattlesnakes. They let us pet fish. You kidding me? How'd you catch it? That's the hardest thing with these fish when I'm trying to change it is oh, trying gosh, to catch it. I don't know. I got a quick hand. Got I quick just reached in there. It's like... Uh, off of Karate Kid, was it Daniel Son? He was, you know, this quick strike. I got that quick strike. I could reach down there and grab it. It's like I've been trained. Did you do it with your fingers or your whole hand? Probably because you're showing it with just your finger <laughs> with chopsticks. <laughs> I got skills. <laughs> Listen, we we had a reckless childhood. I don't know how my parent, and to this day, I'm like, I have the greatest parents ever. They let us run rogue. I'm not kidding. Could you never and I talked about now. this the other day. The way that <laughs> I got to live my life at the age that our kids are, I cannot imagine. And not because my parents, it was just a different time. It was a different time. It was both my parents' Different worked. expectations. I mean, we were just living our lives. They didn't even know where we were. It was before cell phones. Yeah. I remember telling you, I used to have to call my mom's work line because she works at a dentist office and the receptionist would pick it up. And I would say, may I please speak to Carol Dunlap, please? And, um, I tried to be so official because I wanted to sound like a patient. So they would actually let me talk to her. And I could always hear my mom in the background saying, ask her what she wants. <laughs> and then they would ask me and I was like, I just really need to talk to her. And then my mom would say, are you bleeding or are you throwing up? No, then I'll call you back. And that was it. And it was always like, Casey hit me Listen, or yeah. <laughs> Justin yeah, won't let me have a popsicle. And then while she's at the office, you're, you know, running around the neighborhood on a bike or with friends figuring out what you're going to have for lunch on your mm -hmm. own. Like there's no oversight mm -hmm. in 90s and 2000s parenting. Then no. I think that we've I progressively gotten where you can't, you would be accused of yeah. child negligence if you did not. Well, I, right now, obviously we have babysitters every day. We have babysitters in and out every day. I think I had one babysitter ever as a kid. Truthfully, I can only remember one that came over. And then from then on, it was just m me and my brothers who... I mean, what 12-year-old boy is going to take care of his little sister? Well, I'm going to trump you on this. We had one babysitter. Her name was Bumper. She was about 70 years old, and she dyed her hair jet black. She lived down the road from us, okay? So she didn't have a lot to do. My parents didn't have a lot of options. So Bumper would come babysit us. I want y'all to picture this with me. 70-year-old woman with jet black hair named Bumper <laughs> saying she wanted to make out with Bob Barker. Was she in a floral, like, moo-moo? Oh, she had a floral moo-moo. And house shoes? And... We were old enough to take baths ourselves, but sometimes she would try to like tell our parents she's going to take care of us. And she would try to bathe us in the sink like you would a baby and put baby powder on us. <laughs> I don't know if I can even keep this in the episode. It just gets, 
<laughs> Mind you, she didn't last long. I wish I could make this up. This is why I want to play the trump card when anybody talks about babysitters. I'm like, no, no, no. I've got you, you beat. You didn't have Bumper. You didn't have Bumper. It was a nickname, right? Why do you think yes. she got that nickname? I don't know. I don't know her real name. But I loved her. I also did not like her as a babysitter. Okay, so I said I'm leaving. I want to leave behind the chaos of our summer. What are you leaving behind this In summer? summer? Mm-hmm. The stress. What do you think was your top stressor? Um, I'm, well, I mean, I think some of it's pretty predictable. We s- just sold a house and are building a house. And building a house, I think, is pretty stressful on its own. But during a pandemic, it's timelines and then it's cost. And then you're like, well, I can't omit that thing, even though it's 90% more than it was initially. I've got to have that thing. So you just end up paying it. So that's a little bit stressful. I think just the stage of life where I've said yes to a lot of things for mm-hmm. so long it is just accumulated. So here we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing that weird thing where I, I do this about twice a year where I'm like, God, help me be obedient and quit saying yes. So I could have space in my life to, to say yes, uh, more so to ministry or more so to relationships instead of like being a slave to product productivity. Mm-hmm. Here I am again. And I'm hoping things slow down here soon. I think it hits at the same times. I think so too. For you, I mean, what, we've been friends five years now, something like that. How old's Jovi? That's how long we've been friends. Like close friends, yeah. But I feel like it hits at this time of year, every year for you, where you're like, I am spinning out of control. And I remember one of the first times you actually told me about it. And I was like, I came over, I was like, let's make a list. And you were like, I mean, you can make a list if you want to. I don't need a list. I was like, no, let's make a list. I was trying so hard to be helpful. You were. And you were like, I'm not making a list. I, don't. I just can't function that way. That's not my life. I, I can't even make a list to go to the grocery store. That's too bossy. You know? Well, she just it. told me literally before we hit record, because I told her Ryan had challenged me. Ryan and a friend of mine had challenged me to a month of just don't say yes to anything. If you get asked for anything, you can just say, hey, right now I'm in a season where I'm trying not to say yes to anything yeah. until I can create some space to figure out what I need to say yes to. Yeah. And so I'm telling Brooke about this. And she was like, hey, let's. I'll keep you accountable to some things and you keep me accountable to some things. And I was like, all that's going to do is tick you off at me because you don't like to feel like someone's telling you what I really to do don't. at I all. Don't, I've had that too long in my life. Now I just, I rail against the machine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mark even knows that. He has to make it sound like it's my idea. He know, Well, he knows the approach he to does. take. For me, I'm starting very basic of, hey, I'd really like to know on Sunday what I'm going to cook throughout oh, the week because that's, that's going to relieve the stress of a day. I mean, I remember how mad my mom used to get when I would call and ask her, Hey, What's what are you making for dinner? Oh, it would yeah. tick her off. And now I understand Yeah, it's a lot of pressure because you're like, I don't need something else to think about. I don't want one more thing to think about. Hey, I think I'm going to say this and it probably is going to resonate with about 99% of the listeners because they're females or, and they're caretakers or moms or wives or whatever. I enjoy cooking. Like I, anytime you come to my house, where am I mm-hmm. in my kitchen? Mm-hmm. I'm cooking. I also hate the pressure of cooking. I can't, I don't know why. Like the thought of, I need to make something nutritious. I want to make something nutritious. I need to make something everyone will eat. I need to make sure I've got all the ingredients for that thing. For some reason, the alignment of all those precursors stresses me the heck out. Even though I enjoy cooking. I don't know why that is. Mm -hmm. No, but I just think for me, it is going to be a relief of a pressure of what are we going to eat? Oh, I already know and I already have it all. And I can just walk in the door. Because right now, I remember finding this website and you could put whatever you have in your fridge and pantry into the website and it would bring up recipes. Oh, yeah. And it just says, put in what you have and we'll give you recipes for what you could make. And the amount of times I have to ask Alexa, hey, what can you use instead of paprika? Side note. 
it, did you know it's not paprika? Because I've always said paprika. It's paprika. No, it's not. I've lo- I just learned this. I was corrected, and I, I was like, no, you're wrong. And no, then I not. researched it, and it's paprika. No, it's not. I want everybody to look this up. I don't think it's true. Do you say paprika, which I was always told. I think I've always said paprika. 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 I learned early on because I used to read so much as a kid that I never, and obviously my parents were at work, so I never would ask people how to pronounce things. And so I have leftover pronunciations from like being a fourth grader in the summer reading a book and the word I would just sound it out like, okay, like (laughs) metropolis in my head every time I'm saying metropolis and I have to actively think about, no, it's not metropolis. It's metropolis. Like it's hard. There's an adult. I'm not going to say names. There was an adult I was around uh, about a year ago and he said, that is just the epitome of that situation. (laughs) I sat there for a second. I thought, what is this person talking about? They were saying epitome. That is the epitome. Pardon can, me, sir. I can relate to that. <laughs> Words are hard. Barfley was limping. And I said, look, it's his arm is hurting. And Mark goes, what did you just say? I said, his arm. He said, dogs don't have arms. They just have legs. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, no, he has an arm. And you know what I'm saying when I mean like the front. It's his front too. Thank you. <laughs> it felt so obvious to me. I was like. No, I'm talking about the front. And he said, Brooke, dogs don't have arms. You know what I'm talking about. If I was talking about his legs, I'd be talking about the back too. Okay? It is true. Hey, do you have any goals for your fall? Enjoy the heck out of it. We will be moving to a new house. I just want to, I want my heart of gratitude to overwhelm any stressors. So Mm. I am, that is where I'm placing my perspective and like, I reframe my mind constantly to have that, like, I just want to have joy. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a good season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it, not stress. I will say this summer, someone said, I can't remember who it was, but they said, if you can train your mind when you're having a hard time, your thoughts are not what you want them to be. If you can train your mind, it starts as a discipline. It'll become a habit, but to take that thought and flip it. So if you're in traffic and someone makes you mad, and they cut you off or they're they're in a hurry and if you can flip your mind from I cannot believe they're driving that way or I'm so mad about it and say instead maybe they have an emergency yeah maybe they need maybe they really do need to get somewhere because something's wrong you know thinking differently about people and how you approach situations I don't I'm not great have you read Craig Rochelle's book Mm -hmm. winning the war on your mind Mm -hmm. he talks about like not just doing that figuratively because it helps retrain your attitude mm-hmm. or your thoughts for that day but it's a literal chemical in your brain mm-hmm. and there's ruts that are created it's a pathway yeah. it's a neural pathway that has been i've read this in two books one i'm only halfway done with but it's a neural pathway that's been created and so your mind just immediately goes there and what's weird though brookie is that these pathways are created as like kids yeah so you've had thoughts that have stuck in your head since you were you know adolescents and they have created these pathways and these ruts that unless you start training, I mean, there, Craig O'Shell said before that he will stand in the mirror and say things yeah. to retrain his brain. I believe that there's so much power in that. Well, to, I think about certain people, they've had a victim mindset because maybe they were done wrong in life. Mm-hmm. So they continue to have that mindset and whether they're right or wrong mm-hmm. the rest of their life, they it's only powerful. see it through that lens. Right. So anything that happens, anything is only through that lens. And it's talking about retraining those, your thought patterns, and it changes those pathways. Yeah. But it's so intentional. And that's, I've said that word so much this summer, is how the thought of intentionality and how you have to be so much more aware of what you're doing and the choices you're making. Yeah. Because I'm a, I used to say, I'm a fly by the seat of my pants person yeah. and take great pride in it. But as far as where my thoughts go 
and the person I want to be, I can't have that mindset. That's kind of who I am too. I think there's some something that's okay about that. Like we need those personality types, but also I don't. I just think in this stage of life, we can't fly by the seat of the pants or uh, by the seat of our pants like we used to, and have the joy that we want to have. True. I'm that's, better when I'm not like that. I'm, I'm a better person when I'm not like that. I can roll up the punches and make it happen, but I'm just going to wake up. It's like we talked about just a second ago. I want to wake up and not think of four things that need to get done immediately. Just not, and not every day. We all have responsibilities, but I want one day. And you know what that's supposed to be? That's supposed to be your Sabbath. Sabbath. And you know what I do not protect right is a Sabbath. We don't either. And I have so much conviction over that. My husband and I, and you were wired the same way. Go, 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 do, do, do. Mm-hmm. Achievement, busyness. Like that is a, an idol in our life. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy is because culture agrees with us. It's great. We almost feel like we're these great heroes because we're so busy. Oh, that, look at my badge of honor. I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it's like, God, I don't trust you to control my days. And I'm also not slowing down to hear you like I should. And it's disobedience. Mm-hmm. And I just do not want to live that way. Also, when I don't have a Sabbath, when I don't protect like just brain free time leisure time I'm a different person Mm -hmm. I hate who I am I am strung so tight Mm -hmm. I feel that way right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm strung so tight I remember I told Ryan I think it was the end of summer maybe it was the end of last week I'm a distracted person and I think our family and our kids can tell we're distracted like we're not fully present with them oh yeah I think our spouses can tell we're distracted and not fully present with them I think when we spend time with people that we're really trying to fill up with. I think they can tell we're distracted and not, you know? Oh yeah. And I don't want to be that person for the people in my life. Well, the people that matter the most, are the people that are hit by mm-hmm. our choices at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing left mm-hmm. for me to give to my husband and my kids. When I've spent all my energy on things that really don't matter. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm easing back into my unhealthy habits that I had that I formed during the pandemic when I would just stay up late and unwind by watching stupid stuff that does nothing for me. And so I've got to retrain that habit once again. But no, I was just about was. to say something else as our kids try to scare us by sneaking around the corner. When do we tell them we see them? Like we when don't. are they at an age where they just need to learn? I just prolong it as long as I can. <laughs> Well, because you're going to have, everyone's going to be out of your house. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's going to be weird. I'm going to cure cancer. I'm going to have so much time on my hands. Y'all get ready. But you know what? In my conspiracy brain, the government won't let it happen. You know oh what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. They got too I, much money to make. You know, pharmaceutical companies. I'm gonna, see, there's going to be edits I'm going to have to make. <laughs> no. Because of you. Let this go. There are people who believe. <laughs> there are people who believe Stop. in support. I can't. I cannot with the conspiracy <laughs> theories. Ron and I were just talking about conspiracy theories this morning. And I was like. There's some that have valid some merit. Them, some of them literally almost convinced me because they're so. There are some that are validated. Can I, you make a no. list. I'm, we'll have them in the show notes. We had talked about doing an episode on conspiracy theories. It, we're doing it. Maybe for Halloween. Uh, we're doing it. I, like, I will have us fully stocked and prepared for that episode. We're going to have the time to gather the content. We sure will. As we just talked about not saying in yes a quiet to more house. Oh, I want to say yes to that. That's fun. That's fun. I'm going to inform y'all. I'm coming with my data. You will. And it'll be all printed from Facebook. It's, Every no, single it's from one WikiLeaks. Of it's from WikiLeaks. <laughs> Somebody went to jail for that information. Let's honor it. <laughs> I can't. This is why you can't have your own podcast. Is because you, you know will not what? be controlled about what you're going to start this fall. Is your own podcast? Is your own unfiltered? Podcast unfiltered? Wait, what's the book title of my life? Unfiltered. unfiltered. That's what Ryan said your book would be titled. 
Some people like it. Some people don't. What do I, what do I, what can I I'll say? I'll write one on your behalf. I really have this dream as I get older. Maybe I'll do it in retirement of writing people's stories for them. But something that they'll pass down in their families. That'd be pretty great. You know what I'm saying? Something that they'll, will write and then they just hand it down and they can have volumes that are like spread out on their bookshelf. Oh, here's my story. Don't start your story. Here's my story. No. Here's how I manage. Bumper would be in it. I'm starting this chapter with Bumper about why I feel about the way I do about the Price is Right. (laughs) Why you can't watch it. It's always a little weird for me. That's why you can't watch it. But I do. I just want people to feel seen. That's what I want to shift my focus and see people. But you already do that well. But my goal, I think, is to just be better about seeing people. Well, I was just praying this morning as I was making my bed. And I was like, Lord, I, I think you've done a good job of giving me people to love on. Help me never do it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let me be a, a martyr. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I get so annoyed by the need of these people. I love them, and mm-hmm. I feel the need to help them. And then when it gets a little bit burdensome, I'm like, how dare they? Yeah, poor mm-hmm. Brooke is so busy helping this person. Feel bad for me? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Lord, give me, give me clean hands and a pure heart that when I pursue these things, it's because I want to honor you and I want to really help people. And when people have a need, shut up this talk in my head. Like, mm-hmm. for some reason, that's difficult for me to meet a need. Like, God mm-hmm. forbid I be inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. So I was really praying about it this morning because I had felt pretty inconvenienced the last couple of days over some people. And that's pretty stupid. Yeah. And that's pretty selfish. I felt that back in January that I was going at a pace where I wasn't spending any time with people. And so I wanted to shift that and really make it a goal to see people and slow down for people and reach out and ask people, hey, take a walk. Let's grab lunch. Let's do something. That. And so I'm trying to be a lot better about that. But I even on a broader scale... You know, everything that's happening overseas, whether it's in Haiti or Afghanistan, I caught myself last week. I was like, this is why I don't watch the news. And I just wanted to turn it off. But I had such a deep conviction, Brooke, because I thought if that was me, I would want someone to see me. I would want someone to care. I want their hearts to break. Exactly. I would want someone to be in such earnest and fervent prayer over this. Did you see those mamas handing their newborn babies Yes, that is what broke me. is the kids and the families who are just scared. And I had this instinct. I have the privilege of being able to just turn the TV off. And I thought, if that was me, I would want someone to see me. I would want someone to want to do something on my behalf. Yeah. And I had just the deepest conviction Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. of just, why don't we pray like something can happen? Why don't we pray like something can be done about it. I can't remember the guy's name now, but it's a pastor that has worked with the underground church in Afghanistan. And he was talking about the power of prayer and how, you know, Paul talks about this and the the church prayed for Paul while he was in chains and literally angels came and broke the chains and opened the doors in the prison cells Mm -hmm. and like miraculous things happened because the church was like steadfast in prayer. And he said, that's what we're going to pray for. We're going to talk about intervention Mm -hmm. for these people, for the innocent to be hidden Mm-hmm. For the wicked to experience like Damascus Blindness. Road, like mm-hmm. just like Paul did, they would literally have these moments supernatural where their hearts would change and their eyes would see things differently. And I thought, I always think of Bible stories like that was then, that doesn't mm-hmm. happen now. But God wants to answer prayer like that now. And mm-hmm. when we are actually unified in our prayer, the amount of angels that are sent and dispatched on our behalf, mm-hmm. on behalf of those prayers, I think we if we could just see it, our mm-hmm. minds would be blown. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that we should fast. I think we should pray. I think we should give money to people we know that are, you know, authentically helping. Mm-hmm. But we really should be, we, we don't need to be numb to this situation. We need to be hurting. We need to be praying. We need to be doing what we can. 
I was reading, I think it was Jenny Allen who posted because she has a pastor that she knows who's in Afghanistan. And she had message, he had messaged Jenny and just said that people were literally, he said, literally, they're running for the hills. So they're going into the mountains to hide. With and the he said, all they have is their clothes. Gosh. And he said, I'm praying that, you know, and I ask that you all pray that the, the Holy Spirit meets them right there, just like he did with Moses when Moses was leading the Israelites out and he parted seas and he gave them cover and he gave them everything they needed to survive. And I just, it absolutely broke me. And I thought, how selfish of me yeah. to think, I just won't read about it. So I don't have to think about it. You know, it's crazy. We think about the terror that these people must be, be experiencing, because I'm sure like it's something we can't even fathom. But for like missionaries that if you've if you've spent any time reading from people who've been held in captivity because of their faith or people who were persecuted by the Taliban previously and somehow escaped, they'll talk about how they almost miss the captivity and they almost miss the torture. Now, bear with me because none of that makes sense because that's just God doesn't make sense. Like God's kingdom doesn't make sense to us. But because God met them there, the peace that they felt and the closeness they felt to God, they came back and they're like, I'm like, they got together and they're like, I'm, I almost miss being in those cells. And I think what well, we are missing something here when we are desperate to be that close to God, eternally, our perspectives here, you and I in the comfort of our home with refrigerators full of food and air conditioning we don't have a grasp of what heaven is. We don't have a grasp of the proximity of Jesus because that's kind of peace we can't understand yet. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to pray for that in my life, but I do at the same time. It's like that re really weird place to be. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't want my kids to be persecuted and I don't want to have to flee for my life, but I do desire mm -hmm. that presence. You know, it's almost what Katie said at the end of the waiting episode, the summer collective that we did where we talked about waiting well. And she, you know, she faced breast cancer. She faced the felony, almost had felony charges, was almost sent to prison away from her kids for years. And she said, that kind of brokenness is what brings, brought me the closeness Ooh. of, she said, I was in his presence. Yeah. I was, when you have that kind of brokenness in your life where you might not live. And if you do live, you might live your days in a prison cell. She said that people always ask, I want the closeness you have. And she said, are you willing? Oh. Are you willing to suffer the way that I have suffered to, to be this close? Our answer should be yes. Mm -hmm. Why? I mean, if we thought about things in terms of eternity, mm -hmm. we should be we should be like, heck yes. Mm -hmm. I, I hesitate to say that though. I know. You know, I, I want to put parameters that. on it. I'm like, okay, if it only happens to me, don't yeah. let it happen to my kids. Don't let it happen to my husband. Don't right. let it happen to the people I love. But if you want to do it to me, yeah. let's see how it goes. Yeah. You know, I Lord, want to take my money, take my health. Just don't touch my children mm -hmm. or my husband. I just want, whatever you need. I want to put parameters on it. But yeah, I just, that has been heavy on my heart for ever since I watched it first come on, on the news last week. And I yeah. so badly just want to turn the, the news off that yeah. I think people want us to see it and we need to see it because it needs to spur us to action. It's just, it's scary. But I think if, if anything, if maybe you can't give financially, here's what you can do. You can give in prayer. I mean, you can give unconditionally in prayer yeah. all the time. And I think the moment we stop undervaluing what that does when we intercede on behalf of those people, and we realize that God hears it. And when he hears the prayers of many, he acts. Even if he hears the prayers of one, he acts. Are you, if you're a visual learner, are you a visual learner? Like you have to see it in your head. Is that how you learn? I don't, well, I, I think it's a combination. Things. For it to like imprint on my heart, I have to see it in my head. So somebody has to paint a picture. And one of the devotionals I did last week before all this stuff really came to light 
was in the book of Revelation where it talked about like our presence, our, there's a physical presence in heaven when we pray. It's mm-hmm. like a bowl of incense. It's, it's like a sweet smelling incense that is presented before God. Mm-hmm. And that presence of incense or that bowl of prayers, it's bigger depending on how many people are praying. Like it's a physical response in heaven. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that especially if we're praying around the same time, if we commit to praying at 830 at night or nine mm-hmm. o'clock at night when everybody's going to bed or whatever, mm-hmm. like we should do that. Mm-hmm. I do love that idea. That might be something we could do. Yeah, I, I have to. I'm visual in the sense of like this. Hagen always gets up when I get up. He just the kid cannot just stay in bed. He will get up when I get up. And so I was trying I'd gotten up and I was trying to do my quiet time and he was watching something. It was so loud. Yeah. And I had to pray in that moment. I was like, Jesus, I want to spend my time with you right now. But I feel distracted. And I literally had to envision him sitting next to me on the couch. I had to envision him sitting down next to me so that we could, I could sit and turn my brain to his presence, turn my mind to sitting in his presence. That's the kind of stuff I have to visualize for it to actually take effect for me. But that's my favorite. Someone painted a picture for me years ago. I think I was in college and they said, can you imagine your quiet time? Like, um, a room in your house. And so you come in the front door and let's say it's a room that's off to the left where, you know, you always are going to go in that room to have the quiet time. So Jesus is always waiting for you in there. And, but think about the times when you're just running back and forth past that room. Cause you have so much other stuff going on, right? You're out the door to go run some errands. You're coming in, you go oh, to geez. get dinner started. You have to whatever. And you are just passing that door and he's just sitting in there waiting. And you're just passing it over and over and over again. And you just, you know, maybe you poke your head in and you're like, hey, it'll just be a minute. I'm going to come in here in a second. Just, it's fine. But you That's just my keep prayer passing. Life. Yes. I'm praying. And, and I'm, you I just keep skipping over. And you just keep passing the door. Wow. That was so visual for me to realize he is, he's always waiting for those, that time for me to just sit down with him in his presence. And That's you don't good. have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. As long as you know, this is my time to just sit in your presence and you tell me what I need to know. You tell me what I need to understand right now. That's good stuff. It was, uh, I've always envisioned that since wow. I think I was a freshman in college when I heard it. It is good stuff. That is good stuff. Hey, you know how we end? What's one thing that you're super into right now? That I'm super into. Oh, well, I, two shows that I've really enjoyed. I'm so excited. Okay. Outer Banks is just fun. It has to be. I have an emotional tie to that show. I feel like it's because fun. it came all on during the pandemic and yeah. everyone was so excited because it was something. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. It's not the uh, show that's going to draw me closer to Jesus. I'm going to say that, but gosh, it's good television. I've missed being, I haven't had time to be into shows and I've wanted to be. Only the time only, I get it's in my shower. <laughs> I watch it in my in shower. I, that's where I watch shows. And right now I'm just catching up on my problem is, is when I carry the phone out of the shower and like lay on the bed before bed and I just watch it for way too long. You know what I'm getting back into? What? My press on nails. Are you? I'm having to cut some costs. Look. I can't be getting my nails done Listen, all the time. I stop it. And in those the things I can buy like three things of those for the price to get my nails they done. They look good. They just get on my nerves. Why do they get on your nerves? It's I just like know. having... No, my hair gets stuck underneath them sometimes. You know, you're not pressing not them down all the way around. Well, you know, I haven't They're figured them out. They're very clear on the instructions. Here's the thing. And you just got to really clip don't them down. Care. I really don't care. I just like, I just feel like my life is together when my nails are done. 
I really that. wanted to go get something I will pay for is a pedicure. And I really wanted to go get one, but I slammed my toe on something this week and it ripped part of my toenail off. And you I'm like, I'm not putting my foot in their water no. with open wounds. You know? You're going to get the gangrene. Exactly. I can't be, it cannot be trusted. I'm not going down like that. I'm not going down like that. Hey, Brookie. I love you. I love some coffee with Brookie, some lunch with Brookie. That's my second coffee. I'm wired. I'm going to have to go work out. She's going to go run some laps now. Damn. I can't wait. Let's do it. <laughs> Actually, you go out. I'll meet you out there in a second. Sounds good. Started.